Hello and welcome to Gardener's Podcast, part of Garden Church in Southern California. Today, we're honored to have Pastor Darren Roundsen and Pastor Mike Erie with us for an incredible conversation rooted in topics from our recent Sunday service. If you haven't heard it yet, you need to head over to the Garden Church Podcast and give it a listen. Mike and Darren take us on a fun journey in this conversation. It's a bit of a long one, but well worth it. Enjoy. Podcast, Gardener's Podcast, here we are. I'm Darren, and normally... That's how you're starting? Yeah, like that. That That is an awful start. What do you want me to do? Dude. Show me how to start. I've never done it. It's always Darren. It's always him doing it. So what's the name of this? Gardener's Podcast. We're starting. All right. We're on right now. All right, right now. Go. Okay. Gardener's? The Gardener's Podcast. Let's go. Oh, boy. That's your first problem. All right, go ahead. That's an awful name. Okay, go ahead. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gardener's Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Erie. I'm here with my friend, Darren Rounds, and we are so excited to be a part of your life today. Thank you for tuning in. All right. Let That's me, how let me you try start it. a podcast. All right, here we go. Okay. All right. Ready? Yeah. No, this was... All right. Yeah. All right. Hey, I'm the... Hey. It's the Gardener's Podcast. I'm Darren. Hey, you're tuning in to Darren Rounds. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a really bad audiobook. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, welcome to the Gardener's Podcast. Yes, the Gardener's We are Podcast. so glad you are with us today. We are yeah. going to have fun. Who are you fun. pointing, who are you pointing we are gonna, to? I'm talking to my people right here. My, my subscribers. Oh, cameras. Okay. Smash that subscribe button yeah. And, yeah. and tune in for- Like a, and subscribe. We're going to talk about sex, theology- the we meaning are. of scripture. We're going to talk about aliens and all sorts of great things. Tune in right after this, after this commercial break. We have commercials? We don't have commercials. Okay. Oh, perfect. <laughs> well, let's do a commercial then. Okay. Darren, yeah. I know you're getting up there in age, even though you look like you're 12. <laughs> do you suffer from low T, Darren? I've been taking two have... shots. Let's go. <laughs> Do you do you struggle to grow facial hair? Yes. How do you know this? <laughs> then then what's the eugenics? What I mean, yeah. what could possibly Let's go wrong up. with nugenics or whatever it's called? <laughs> Good Lord. All right, there's our commercial. All right, we're All back. Right. We're back. Here we we're are. Back. The Gardener's Podcast. Yeah, we're in. Okay, Mike. Oh, so, so glad you're with us. Everyone, uh, you got to watch the Sunday uh, live stream to. podcast. No, you, you have to listen to it. It's so good. Listen. We talked about scripture as formation. We did. And um, you know, it's interesting, Mike, I've been, I have these values in the church and I've always tried to reduce it to the least common denominator. Do you know this? I don't know. Do this. you ever do this? Like, you're like, how can I say it with the least amount of words? Yes, I do say that. Yes. I, do you say that? Not in those words. I say it in fewer words. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, go ahead. One of the things I've been working on, like we have like five core things. Okay. What are the core things? It's, it's going to be things like, how do you build a, a, a healthy, vibrant church today based on values of scripture, based on the things that matter. For me, it would be living the word of God, yeah. living it out. Yeah. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it shorter in a second. Uh, living empowered by the Holy Spirit. Okay. Uh, living the way of Jesus. It's not just this guy Come we on. believe in or truths or propositions. Yeah. We actually want to embody the way, right? So he's our I rabbi. Like that. I like that. Um, live as a countercultural community, mm. covenanted community, you could say, and live as a missional presence in the world for okay. good, right? All right. That- so those I, are great. Those are five. Yeah. I just was playing around three. Here's my three. Oh man. Okay. Ready? The yeah. tangible presence of God. The tangible so presence. Organizing our church around the tangible presence. Okay. Number two, missional community. This is all common stuff. Number yeah. three, ready? Yeah. Yeah. Biblical formation. Mm. Tell me what your thoughts are. I don't know. I like the five. 
I know. I, that's I like the five banners. I, I, like, I like what you did, though. You did biblical formation. Well, no, I did spiritual formation and, and how okay, the Bible true. fits into that. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. But you also did the Bible as formation. I did. But here's the thing. If I have to add words to my short words, then they're not good words. Fair. So fair. missional, what'd you say? Missional community? Mm-hmm. Then I have to explain what that is. Yes. So I kind of like... Oh, I like that. I kind of like force for good. Bam. I don't have to explain that. That's a, Those are great words. Yeah, like, there you go. We're a force for good. We're a countercultural community a blessing. Uh, Boom. There it is. And a force for good that also ties into Star Wars. Of course. Right? Yes. Because now you're looping that in. And so all the fans are like, I see you. You see me. Yes. I am one with the force. The force is with me. Yeah. We just say that over and over and over again. That's <laughs> perfect. Right. That was from Rogue One for the for those of you that don't know. Anyway. All right. So yes, we were talking about the Bible. We we're yes. talking about formation. Yes. And I did not use few words yesterday. I used many words. <laughs> you did use many words. There were many words that were used. And the thing I love, Darren, is, I, I, you know, you get a topic like this, and and I kind of, you know, spin out into my own range of thinking. And then when we connected about, hey, I'm really struggling with the idea that that spiritual formation is something we do by ourselves. Yeah. I just don't. And that was the way it was presented. I have yeah. my little quiet time and I prayer yeah. time and all the things. And I love that we were already on the same wavelength in terms of, no, there's a communal aspect that I think the American church yeah. really, really misses. And I've missed, I mean, as I've taught it and lived it. And so that's one of the things we were trying to capture yesterday is the idea that the the way the and the reason we rehearse the biblical story over and over again in a corporate setting is is um, so that our corporate imaginations are you know uh, reconfigured and that we begin to see this because I mean of course we see it as an event that we go to and we like or we don't I mean this is just the world we live in and the consumerism that kind of you know surrounds us but we begin to have an idea that that the more diverse that community is, the more it testifies mm. to the resurrection, right? Paul says the gathered church around the meal is the monument to the powers that Jesus has risen from the dead. And the way it's a monument is when it's a community of difference that sets aside difference in order to participate together as siblings. So what the Bible does, of if you let it loose on so, its own terms, it will, it, will, it will like cast down the mighty and it will raise up the, the poor and the marginalized, so that we all sit together as siblings around the common table as gift recipients, you know, of the bread and the cup. I love it. Can I ask about that? How? Sure. I mean, because I, I think right now we face this obstacle where the Bible is used for the powerful. Oh, to squash, the, you know, the people without power. Sure. And you're saying that if we allow the scripture to like, like take its course. Yeah. Allow the Bible to run all the way through in its yeah. context, meaning in as we as we interpret it. Yeah. In community. Yeah. You see the other happen. Yes. It, it's not what has been used, you know, throughout centuries totally. to, you know, kill our opponents. I yeah. suppose with yeah. with argument and yep. rules. So yeah, because you talked about this on Sunday, but tell me more about that. Well, Darren, first of all, if you're struggling with fatigue, and um, just sore joints. I highly recommend a line of supplements I'm just producing called uh, the Gardener Supplement. 
All right. The second thing. It's $9.99 a month. And <laughs> it's a subscription. It's yes. a subscription for the basic, but there is a yeah. premium subscription. Yeah, there is. Yes, that includes rose hips. Yeah. Because that, I don't know. <laughs> hips don't lie? I don't yeah, know what that is. Yeah, there you go. All right. So. Is that so, Shakira? Did you do Yeah. That? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Listen. Yeah, go ahead. It's cool. That song is evergreen. Yeah. So, yes, I, and you know this, my friend. Um, when the the so so no piece of the Bible was ever written by um, no I shouldn't say that because Solomon did write some um, or at least it's attributed to him but besides though some of the wisdom sayings to Solomon um, the the vast majority of the Bible was written from the perspective of the margins yeah right and as somebody we talked about this as somebody who is I've never read the Bible as somebody on the margins. I've always been in the majority wherever, you know, I'm at. Um, that that has to be taken into account. And um, one of the reasons why it's just not me and my Bible alone in the morning is that I have all sorts of blind spots that I'm bringing to the yes. text that that I don't, I don't have identified until I'm reading it with other ears in the room or other voices, you know, doing the reading. And so um, the thing that that can that just blows my mind is that the church, and this is, I mean, I'm going to go on a little mini rant here, but I think I think maybe this will be okay. But the church is social justice. Mm-hmm. Like the church doesn't do social justice. All justice, first of all, all justice is social, yeah. right? It yeah. involves more than one person. But justice, it simply means the restoration of shalom, wherever yes. it's broken, right? Right. Which is a core, like, purpose of the church on the earth. We looked at the 59 one another statements. Yeah. They're all restoring, most of them are all restoring shalom, right? Yeah. Bear with one another, forgive one another, be patient with one another, be compassionate with one another. They're all assuming yeah. the continued, you know, struggle and limitedness and sinfulness of God's people. And so the, the way the church is to be seen as a monument to social justice or to God's justice, even a better way to say it, is that the status distinctions that we make and are very common to human life outside of the new creation community, that those get erased within the new creation community. Yes. Right? And so Paul spends so much time in the epistles, if we listen to him, not elucidating the four or five points of the Romans road, but rather (laughs) talking about how two ethnic groups can now live together in Shalom, right? That's the whole book of Romans. The book of Romans is not a theological treatise. The book of Romans is a pastoral letter designed to facilitate the reconciliation of two warring factions in the Roman house churches, right? So good. So, so what the Bible is intended to accomplish is to disrupt the patterns and dynamics of, of the way the powerful relate to the, the people who are not in power and to lift up those who are not in power. And Mary's song, you know, this this thing yeah. we only do at Christmas. I mean, that's the vision, right? Yeah. That's the a triumphant. Yes. The mighty war be, cry. Yes. From a teenage yeah. girl. From a teenage girl who's going to lose everything. Totally. She's, gonna, she's like, let's go. Yeah. Oh, it's so <laughs> it's so brilliant, and that stands in in line with Hannah's song from, yeah. for Samuel, and Mo, it, I mean, it goes back all the way, all the way. <clears throat> but the issue is that I have made and and my inherited culture made salvation only about my interior interior private heart world. Yeah, and um, and in so doing, that's the reason that we can claim to be Christian and then hold slaves. 
That's the reason we can claim to be Christian and just be absolute jerks to each other online. Because all Christianity is about is my private interior heart. It's not about how I treat people. It's not about um, modeling God's justice in the world. All of that, we're told is secondary to the gospel, which would be so anathema to Paul's line of thinking. For, For Paul, he naturally, every time he talks about the gospel, he instantly talks about the reconciliation of the diverse people of God in response. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's good. So when the Bible sort of unleashed on a community, this is the fruit it should produce. Mm. It should produce a community of shalom that that isn't perfect, but is at least practicing the disciplines of reconciliation, hospitality, enemy love, forgiveness, so on. I, I loved it so much because this did start as a conversation first between you and I going, hey, I was just saying I, what I'm seeing right now is how we privatize our faith and, and spiritual disciplines help that. It's yes. like we, yes. we we find this world. I, I'm all for spiritual disciplines. Like I love Dallas Willard, Richard Foster, John Mark, we're up friends. Like I love it, but I'm seeing how we've turned that into like the self project. And we keep saying it's not the self project, but it is. It's all designed towards your little tiny yeah. light the candle, put on Bethel, you know, without words. <laughs> And you get to be alone with God and do your, your right. meditation app. Right. Your, everything's me, 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 me. Yeah. Um, and then what I'm reading in the scripture, and part of this is just this journey I'm on right now in this program I'm doing through the Old Testament. And I'm realizing even the book of Exodus is about community Dude, go into formation. That. Go into that. This is crazy. Like, yeah. I'm just learning this. So I'm, but there, the word in uh, Exodus chapter one that describes Israel. Uh, it says they increased right in Egypt, but the word for increase is swarms. Like mm-hmm. it's like this idea of like chaotic, like yeah. like yeah. increasing chaotically. And then there's this word used in in Exodus 12, and it's the first time it's used. And so whenever you're interpreting in the New Testament or in the Old Testament, there's that principle first mentioned. You taught me this back in the day, bro. Back back with Abraham. Like yes. When, what do we know? What love is. Come Abraham on. On. loved his son, right? His like, only son. His only son. Whom we so loved, yes. We get to John 3, 16, we're like, ding, 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 ding. You know, right. Bells that's are ringing, right. like right. God still loved the world. He gave his... Well, and it's tied back to Genesis. So we go yeah. and redefine the word. So yeah. the word yeah, yeah, yeah. for community or congregation mm. is Exodus 12, and it's first use for the Passover. I love that. And it's in the, the, it's the word Edah, and it, it's uh, rabbis call the word congregation witnessing body. Come on. So you have this like moment where they encounter God yeah. and they witness God's, you know, miraculous mm-hmm. provision, all these mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. So all to say, Exodus is the story of how a swarm crowd becomes a covenanted community. Yeah. And what's that process? Yes. That narrative is, storytelling. And what is the process? There's a bunch of things. Yeah. What, what is your go? Well, no, I was, I mean, narrative storytelling embodied in festivals, calendars, yes. meals, creeds, remembrance. songs, yes. right? Encounter with explanation. Like, yes. So yes. you yes. see these, so it's like the festivals is the gathering of the people around a meaning. Storytelling is testimony. So over and over again, remember yeah. that the, yeah. you were once slaves in Egypt, but now you're free. And there's this constant reminder that we were part of this bigger story. Mm-hmm. It's also a meal. Take a Passover Come meal. On. So when we get to the church and what are we doing? We're doing the same, same things. things yes but we've 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 made it individualized yes so we take what's designed to be formed in diversity formed with other perspective formed with i don't have enough money for rent yeah. i do have more than enough yeah. Yeah. we we take these creeds and these songs and these f- moments together and to it, with the scripture they form us so now what you're getting at and i love 
because you know with the the liberal side versus the conservative side you get oh get rid of social justice and right. if you go to genesis god says over and over again in exodus and deuteronomy the whole point of leaders is to reflect god into the community it's righteousness and justice that's the theme like so what's judges leaders who don't have righteousness and judges what's first kings chronicles what is it's the story of the people who are supposed to reflect the rule of God being filled with righteousness and justice. They don't do it, right? And then, and then, and then you get to 1 Corinthians and the Lord's table, and all of a sudden you have people dying because they're taking communion wrong. And I was always told that was because they didn't examine themselves. Yep. And, and when you read the context of 1 Corinthians 11, it's because the rich were participating in the meal in a way that shamed the poor. And, and like literally, his... give me context. Give me more context. So, oh, because I know, I know, uh, I, 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 I oh, think because people are coming in, they're already starting the meeting. They've started it. They started eating. They eat the best. They eat first and they eat together. The poor eat separately, last and alone. And, um, and in that way, the Corinthians were modeling a dinner party, kind of a Roman dinner party. There's a technical name for how there was a liturgy symposium? that attached. Yes, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yep. And look at me. And, and and in fact, when you read Corinthians, and he will, you know, Paul will say, you know, for though you must recognize the body of Christ. He's not talking about recognizing my sin before the table and doing a moral inventory. Mm. He's talking about recognizing injustice in the community and remedying it. Wow. If you practice communion in a way that furthers the social class divisions that exist in culture, then then according to Paul, some of you have died because of that practice. So it was not an individual moral inventory that was lacking. It was the fact that the poor were being shamed. And that is straight from the text. In fact, when Paul wraps up his whole discussion about it, the one exhortation he gives is, so eat together. Wow. Like that's the exhortation. Eat together. I mean, and so you we see this idea all the way back to the Old Testament. All the way This back. is God's heart. I mean, over and over again, the provisionary laws to care for the orphan, the widow. How do you live out the Shema? Like I was reading, I was prepping for Come on. for this Sunday sermon because of what you did. I was like, with the 59 one another, and I was just wrecked. I'm like, mm. you said, you talked about a certain kind, it was like a certain kind of community, right? That yeah. is expressed to the 59 one another. But what you see is in the Shema prayer, there's there's uh, three practices yeah. for living the Shema. And it, right. I think one of it's like, taught, you know, bind this on your hand, teach this to your kids. It's about meditation, going back to that idea. It's like living this out, embodied, walking this out. Um, the second one had to do with the storytelling, remembering the mm. testimony. And the third is found in chapter 10 of Deuteronomy, where it recites the Shema. Mm. And right under it, it talks about, it introduces the foreigner, the widow, yeah. and the orphan. Triad, yes. They have to be. So what do you do? Well, you're a community that loves God and loves other. How does that happen? It directly correlates to how you care for these right. people in your community. Yeah, which is, which is why what you're John says, if you claim to love God but hate your brother, the, you are lying and the truth of God is not in you. I mean, they're, they're, it's literally an unbroken stream. And, and it's amazing that we, and I'm guilty of this, so I'm not critiquing anybody but me, but we have taken what was so clearly meant to be social realities, that the kingdom of God is a social ordering and a reality embodied in the church. We've taken that corporate vision and we've turned it purely internal into my heart. 
Like there was even language around your communion prayer yesterday. I declare with my heart. Yes. And I was like, I don't know what that means. Or even songs that we sing, like Jesus is the king of my heart. Yeah. It's almost nonsensical from like Paul wouldn't understand that language, right? Totally. Because it's like, what does king of my heart actually mean? Right. Um, so, so communion is the, is like the prototypical example of how we've taken, taken something that is to represent corporate justice and we've turned it into an internal private moral inventory. Yes. And, um, and I, I, I mean, I remember I was, um, at a church I was pastoring, another pastor got up and led communion and he said, Hey guys, um, we've all got to get cleaned up before we come to the table. Wow. And <laughs> cause otherwise you'll die. Right? Yeah, that was his yeah, yeah. Because if you take it in an unworthy way, that's yeah. the word. That's the phrase Paul uses. But then you read the context, unworthy, and this is. I mean, this is so. This is why we're talking about the Bible. Here's a great example of taking yes. a section out of context and building an entire privatized theology around the most important picture of corporate unity that we have. Wow, you know what I mean? We take the thing that's designed for creating unity, togetherness, and yeah. we make it about my little journey. With totally. God. Totally. Oh, man. And that's the that's reason. a good point. That's and that's it. the reason American Christians could own slaves. Because as long as their private internal world was fine, it's the, re- it's the reason why wow. we can engage in culture war with, without any taking seriously <clears throat> of the Sermon on the Mount about loving and blessing enemies. That's Because it's all about what's happening in my in internal my world. It doesn't matter how you treat people. Well, well, going back to what you're saying about living this out, and I want to hit on that social justice, because people get, they hear social justice, they're triggered, totally. right? So they're triggered, they're like, oh my gosh, social justice warrior, there's this whole, you know, woke reality to it. And, right, right. and I, I get, I totally understand, there is a woke reality to things, and words are being hijacked and weaponized right. and used. Meanwhile... God is the God of justice. Like yeah. when he describes yeah. who he is all yeah. throughout the Old Testament, there is justice. It's a returning, the healing restoration of Shalom. Shalom's been vandalized from Genesis 3. So, yes, so yes, yeah, yes, peace yes, on yes, earth, yes. justice for all. Like that, yeah. there is that reality and we are called into the work of that. And it's, it's interesting because what I see and, you know, I wasn't around, I was a little kid in the 80s, but I'm, I, I think what's happening culturally is very similar to what I heard and read in mm-hmm. regards to the, the church in the 80s. And mm-hmm. we pick topics that really matter to the church. Mm-hmm. And we can, we can fight for those with like aggressive anger as Christians, mm-hmm. like institutionalizing and legislating our views, which I believe we should legislate morality, the vision of the king to best ability. We should do that the, to our best ability. But at the expense of rejecting these things that God really care about, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? At the same time. And so then we miss it. So then now, and that has, that has to do with the privatization of our faith. It has to do with what I did two weeks ago when I talked about the Bible was we, we like the Jefferson Bible, which at that time people were getting, somebody was, was talking to me about the motives behind that, whether or not he was motivated for, you know, his own naturalism views or not, at the very least, he took out the supernatural out of the Bible yeah. and made it fit his worldview. Have you ever read the slave Bible? No. Okay, so so <clears throat> this was a Bible, I've, I've read excerpts from it, that was given to slaves with all of the Exodus liberation language out, out but with all of the slaves obey your masters kept. So there you go. That's, That's horrible. It, that, is, that is an egregious example of something we all do. 
which is we try to excise the parts of the scripture that are super threatening to us, of course. Yes. And, and we've been doing that since human beings started walking on the earth. I mean, that's, that's yes. not new or shocking. The new and shocking part is how little Paul would recognize this thing that we call the gospel. Yes. This private experience yeah. that I have where I accept Jesus into my heart and then, um, then kind of can kind of go about my business because there's been this heavenly transaction. And I think that's where, that's where the root of these problems kind of start. If, and, 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 and we're going through in our church in Tennessee, we're going through Genesis 1. And the big point, and we're in its painstaking. I mean, it's we're going word by word yes. at some points. I love it. Well, and the point we're making is, depending on how you understand the beginning of the story, that will depend. That that will then determine how you see Jesus and what problem he came to solve. Right. Yeah. Right. If, so if it starts in Genesis three, he came to right? solve some problem. Get to Romans because that's what that's yeah. the problem, right? Exactly. So there we go. But yes. if you start in Genesis one, Genesis two. It's a different story. Well, it's the, it's the restoration of the image. Yeah, that the the, the the Old Testament ends not by God asking, "How do I get these people to heaven?" The Old Testament ends with God asking, "How do I find a corporate people who image me into the world?" Yes, so good. And so Jesus comes as the one true image, and yeah. that those renewed in Him rediscover their human vocation. I love it. And then salvation then becomes embodied participation in new creation, both here and now, and not yet, and in new creation, like physically. It's so, yes, such good. So if all of that's true, then all of that is social. All of that is dynamic. All of that is, um, is there a privatized part to it? Of course, my personal allegiance to Jesus matters. But um, we've so overemphasized that, that I think we, we're separating things that were never meant to be yeah. you know, separated in terms of like biblical categories and so on. Well, I was thinking about you really talked about the the great command that Jesus says, like, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Like, tying the Shema into it. And you're like, hey, the assumption is you love yourself. Like, that, you made this statement, like, you feed yourself, you take care of yourself. Yeah. And how then your love for God works out is how you do those things for those in the people around you and totally. the people you, you connect to. And I, I just wanted to, re we talked about the heart. I just heard this went on Thursday uh, from Gary Brashears, Dr. Gary Brashears. In, in class, he was saying... In Deuteronomy 6, he says, when it says heart, soul, and might, or strength, his definition of heart is less, not necessarily emotions, but it's right. values and allegiances mm. in your inner self. Mm. And he said soul would be the whole person, but it would be your actions and words, your embodied physical life. Mm. And mm. then he said might or strength would be muchness, would be your influence and relationships. Mm. So even mm. as he breaks down those things mm. from a biblical Old Testament matter, he said it was never given as this is me yeah. to do. This is us. Right. We love the Lord our God. Like, and, and that, I, I really do think when I was talking to you yesterday, I think your statement about spiritual formation um, being the most controversial thing you said and most people not getting it, I believe that. I think for most of us, we read, oh yeah, I love this. I can do this. Right. Not like, oh my gosh, I have to be in a community so that I can do this. Dude, and that's, that's I've, yep, that's me growing, you know, now. I mean, I, one of the things I love about you, Darren, is we're never we never arrive with Jesus, right? We're always there. It's always a state of repentance, yeah. oh, but not just of behavior, but just a way of living that says, "Oh, I can embody this," you know, in much more faithful ways or whatever. Um, 
And so I'm so thrilled to be around people, reading people, listening to people who are identifying these streams that have always been there, but they've just kind of been overlooked yeah. by the evangelical American church. Right. That all of a sudden you discover them and, and there's life and there's breadth and there's depth there that, that I don't know, that I never, um, never thought to look for. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so I'm, and what's great as as teachers, I mean, we we get to teach what we're learning. Yes. And so it's a it's a it was really fun. I've I've wanted to do something on that. And yeah. So this was a great opportunity to. Yeah, it's flesh it that. stirs it's stirring so much in me because we've been doing spiritual formation forever since because Dallas Wood came to our church in 2011 oh. and he preached like you know Pastor Bill as oh. was mentored by him so we we've always had this like underneath I held his hand once. I, I, I held his plate. Oh, food, you know. Oh no, I held his hand. We were in a prayer circle. You got to yeah. I held his hand. It was it was a large hand. It was <laughs> like a farmer's hand. Like he's a Midwest. Yeah, like, like yeah, you relate. And to it was that. soft. Oh, it was a yeah. soft hand, but it was like it had old man strength. You know what I tell people when I got to hang out with him is uh, he was noticeably slow. Mm. He moved slow. Yeah. He got his food on his plate slow. Yeah, he, he talked slow. He talked very slow. Yeah. But also, um, he would he would wait till you finished your question or your whatever you're saying, and it would be an uncomfortable silence before he would speak. Oh. Like, is anyways, tough. lived, lived. Moving on from our appreciation Sorry. from Dallas. Sorry, I hope The point that. is communal. got to flex that. Community, like living out the disciplines in the community. And you said, and I loved it, the 59 one another commands in the New Testament are spiritual disciplines. Right. Those are the spiritual disciplines. Oh, I loved it. Totally new to me. It's so insane. It, oh. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. I have a couple other questions. Can we keep, what do you want to keep rolling? Do you want to just, bro, I'm burning? Listen, there's so much burning. Really? Okay, yeah. I mean, what I've else? Got, drop drop some more. Just, uh, well, there's a rash. I didn't want to get into it, but. Uh, well, this is a good time for our commercial. So if you are getting to that age, <laughs> And you are experiencing uncomfortable rashes. Yep, yep, yep. We uh, we, we have supplement. another supplement for you. It's part of the garden supplement. The, the gardener's you... cream. <laughs> you just don't, you apply it once a day. Let me read it. Do you have itchy, flaky <laughs> <laughs> scalies? Oh yes, yeah. No, let's oh. move on. That's so good. That's so. We beat good. that one. We beat that one up. Uh, let me see what time it is. All right, we're crushing it. It's Monday morning. Guys. It's Monday. We're recording this on a Monday. And you so did three tired. services. You're tired. Is this when you usually do it too? Yeah. We, yeah. I've missed the last couple because I've been too tired. Well, totally. And I was sick. Totally. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe we need to get you fresher. So I need to your get, intros are better. Yeah. It's not, hey, I mean, welcome to the garden. Yeah. Like like the Gardener's Podcast, if we're going to call it that. What should we call it? Well, let's Just, make it fresh. I yeah. mean, let's like Garden Speaks, like fresh, vibrant, yeah. life, fruitful. Yes. Hey, I'm Darren. Does not sound any of those things. No, so, you're right. So maybe Man. we record it on like Wednesday. Yeah. You got some juice. That's a good idea. Anyway, go ahead. What's your, ne what's your next question? Idea. Yeah. All right. I have a couple questions I'm just going to ask in regards to you as a leader. I've been following oh, you forever oh. since I was 19. So that's, that's 20 years. Yeah. So I was, yeah, I was 21 at that time. You were 21. Yeah. Great. So that's amazing. Man. So I was just, I'm just one yeah. year behind yeah, right now. It's incredible. I just turned 40. Yeah. <clears throat> so tell me, I, I love asking this question and it's, yeah. it's more of a, it's a generic one. I ask every leader I get to hang out with. Yes. 
Um, but I really want to know, would you just for leaders, yeah. we have house church leaders, we have lead, people leading businesses. We have a lot of uh, young pastors listening and, yeah. um, what would you tell your, yeah. you know, 20 years ago, what yeah. do you wish you could tell your, yourself 20 years ago? Yeah. Things that you could embody, yeah. ways of approaching life, in, yeah. ways of approaching ministry, that you know now, obviously through time, that yeah. you wish, yeah. man, I could have started here. I want to hear all the things. Oh, well, the first thing I would tell my 20-year-old self, how many years ago is this? 20 years ago. Okay, so my 30-year-old self <laughs> yeah. is you're not a leader. Mm-hmm. And all the definitions of leadership that have been given to you by the megachurch are wrong. Tell me more. So, so well, I mean, I grew up uh, in... So I, I grew up in, the, in a vision of church where the uh, the leader was a CEO. The leader it had to be charismatic, dynamic, catalytic, uh, had to know a lot about a lot, had to be a great counselor, have a pastoral heart, mercy and drivenness. And, um, and those are all really old creation dynamics for me. Those are not things I know how to do well, it, uh, guided by Jesus. Those are things mm. I know how to do well when I'm ambitious or I'm greedy or I'm prideful. I don't know how to do those humbly or well. So I would say to my younger self, dude, do not, do not pretend to be a leader. Mm-hmm. If this is the, the definition of leadership, it's going to be really bad for you. And it's not going to feed the best parts of you. You should, you should, you're a teacher and you lead through that. Um, so don't, don't try to live up to some arbitrary standard of mega church celebrity leadership that just doesn't, it, it's not biblical and it's not real because all of those people have shadow selves that, that yeah. are going to catch up to them eventually. That'd be the first thing. The second thing is don't lead a church until you're 40. Now, <laughs> no, obviously I got we blew year. that with you <laughs> and you know, we see that. No, but, but like and evidence is right could, here. If I, could, if I could, I mean, if I could design the perfect program for Mike Erie, it would have been therapy for 10 years and then working in obscurity for 10 years. Wow. And um why? Um I just didn't have the character to handle the the platform. The platform distorts everything and then when you conspire with it out of ego. And for me, can I, uh, can I give context real quick cuz I know your story. I was yeah. living but like we were I was a part of Rock Harbor when you you had just become the teaching pastor and yeah. it went from like 1500 people to plus 5000 yeah. in a very short time. Yeah. It went from a couple of services to five Sunday gap five services. Yeah. Saturday and four on Sunday. Yeah. And and then on top of that there were like satellite campuses that had live teaching as well. People were bouncing around. Yeah. It was absolutely bonkers. So yeah. in that season you're you're talking about a season where by all definitions of standard church success, it's hitting oh, all of the markers. We're, we're the flavor. We're yeah. The flavor People, of the I remember like, I remember Man is coming down totally, to hang out, Hillsong totally. coming to hang out. Like all those churches were, were looking at you, yeah. like yeah. looking at Rock Harbor as the place. I mean, yeah. OC Weekly was like Sunday night service, totally. hottest place to be if you're in Orange County and single. Yeah. Like I remember that article. Yes, yes. It was nuts. It was, and I, and thankfully I didn't realize how nuts it was because I was inside of it, you know? But I just think um, that knowing what I know now, I would have just said to my younger self, you're going to hate me for 20 years and then you're going to be really thankful, you know? Mm -hmm. And you just need to, you need to work in obscurity. Um, You need to go to therapy. There's some, there's some, we we had a um our we I have a podcast named Voxology. So before every middle aged white dude had a, a podcast, 
uh, eight years ago, we started um, a podcast. So this was right after our friend Rob Bell started a podcast. We're like, oh, this this could be an interesting yeah. thing. And, um, and uh, oh, shoot, I was going somewhere with that. The Voxology. I don't remember. Um, I was talking about, I totally lost the thought. It's because it's Monday. It's Monday. You preached a lot yesterday. You were talking about how um, you were... Yeah, I would hate myself, and you, then I would love live in myself. obscurity. Yeah, uh, therapy. Come out. What would you write? What, what kind of thing would know. you do for your for, for your? Okay. Yeah. Oh, let oh. me let me pick up then. Let me pick up. So, when you talk about obscurity and therapy, so young leaders, because now like there is an elevation of youth, like never before. Totally. I'm seeing it, and I I've had this thing because we have a lot of young missionaries from these missionary organizations that are part of our community. I love them. They're like on fire. Yeah. But so much of what I, and, and I work with a lot of young church planners. Yeah. And I'm always trying to get them to slow down their process, yeah. like slow down the totally. ministry, like totally get a job, serve Jesus, you know, as a volunteer. Yes. Be a barista yeah. and live out your faith in ordinary space, not oh. the high of, you know, 100 people that have paid to be full time missionaries. I'm all yeah. for that. Yeah. But you live in this non reality for so long with these, you know, yeah. Um, and there's a danger when they get out of that, that their faith is built on this, you know, mm-hmm. really un, un, uh, sustainable rhythm in life. Yeah. So, so much of what I try to encourage is like deep formation. I love that word obscurity, like mm-hmm. live in the ordinary, be live in totally. obscurity. Talk about that more. Like what? Well, I, I think, <clears throat> I think, um, oh, I know, I know where you I found was it. Going. See, I, I was just, I was just stalling. You were, you were, oh, no, it was perfect. Stalling. So, so we had a, a little gathering. We called it a nonference instead of a conference because it was like the least pastor conferency thing. It was for 19 people who were at the end of their rope mm-hmm. in pastoring. And um, we, the first day we spent, it was group therapy. I mean, we had a therapist, we had a spiritual director, myself. It was amazing. And we kind of drew out um, in using this therapeutic exercise, kind of the trauma we'd experienced as kids, you know, families, pastors, whatever. And then the spiritual director got up and she said, you, you were, you have all been groomed to want to be in ministry. Whoa. And yeah, which is really strong language. Right. And so, and so she, she really camped on that. And I, and I realized, oh my Lord. Yes. Yeah. So my family of origin, I wanted to be heroic and I was a performer. And so what better way than to go be on a stage somewhere and perform, yeah. you know, and be heroic. And, um, and it, it wasn't until I began to put that together and the realization that so much of what I was doing when I was teaching, I was performing in order to prop up a false self that I was using to cover like deep shame and, and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I realized uh, far too late that... Uh, and this is one of, I've told you this line and it totally changed and wrecked me, you know, just this, whose wounds are you trying to heal when you're up there? Yeah. You know, and I realized, oh, it was mine. Yeah. You know, I'm performing yeah. to cover my own wounds and self. And so what obscurity does is it, um, it, it keeps puncturing the narcissistic shell mm. of self-importance, yeah. of uh, grandiosity, of narcissism, of whatever. 
And uh, it forces us back into relationship connection with circumstances that aren't comfortable. Mm. The thing the stage does is it allows you to control all your interactions. Yes. So you're never vulnerable unless you want to be. You're never authentic unless you want to be. You're never exposed as a real or weak person unless you get caught or, you know, you want to be. Yeah. But you're in control of the whole process as opposed to, you know, working for... Uh, somebody that you don't like in a job that doesn't bring you a lot of joy and finding grace there, that gets mm. a whole different thing. So uh, I was talking to a, a young pastor who just, he he went to our little conference, non-conference. He stepped out of his role, which was a wise thing to do. And he was like, so I'm thinking about starting a house church. And I was like, man, that'd be really dumb. Yeah. He's like, well, what if, I, what if I go find another pastor job? I'm like, well, let me just ask you, do you how long do you want to feel the way that you're feeling? Yeah. Because what you need, and, and this is what I needed, was to actually go to something where I'm not leading. Yeah, You know what I mean? Yeah. Where I'm not the primary voice, or my vision isn't the primary vision or whatever. Yeah. And um, so that's what I would have, I would have said to... Now, I think there are loads of, of young people, yourself among them, who, by God's mercy and and much healthier backgrounds or whatever can handle um, things. You know, you're shaking your head. I I think, I think it's, it was suffering. I think, yeah, I think the adversity, like when I talk about our story, we had obviously God's grace. We had pastor Bill walking with us. I had Don, but it was a lot of suffering. Yeah. So I think at the end of the day, I wished I look back going, man, if I could have written my story, it would have been like, rock. Hey, you are called. Yeah. We believe in your calling. Yeah. Let me let me walk with you for five years. Oh, so right? Good. Like imagine if yeah. my first yeah. time preaching, which was with you, co-teaching yeah. Saturday remember. night. I remember? remember. Oh, totally. You got off stage and like, you got to preach the whole thing tomorrow. Yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, of course. I was like, ah, Did you? You were, yes. And then I'm, like, I was, that was my first time preaching. That was my last Sunday at Rock Harbor. <laughs> like that was the one I left. Oh my Lord, really? Yeah. It was like, oh. all right, see you later. You know, like. Yeah, we we didn't know better, but wow, you're absolutely right, and and I think that's really symbolic of of kind of how we see leadership, right? It's this isolated, yeah. I'm Moses on a mountaintop. Yeah, you know, I come down with the vision for everybody, yeah. and that's just so pathetic and so non. And Old Testament. It's it's so old. Old, it's covenant. old covenant. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> right. This brings us to our next sponsor, uh, Covenant Ointment. If you oh <laughs> yes, ointment. Can we? And we also need a tincture because that's a great word. And yeah. oils. We gotta get oh, in the oil game. Yes, yes. All right, yes, All right. dude. I'm telling Let's, you what. We got we got a business plan. We have uh, an elder who is a pastor on our our staff. Who I would estimate she probably takes fifty or sixty different supplements, and 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 loves essential oils. Mm. I mean, she's yeah, and she's first, I do too. She's do you? My wife does, yeah. Okay, yeah. then I won't make fun. No, make Sorry. fun of it. No, we I'm do not, make fun of I'm it. I'm not. I'm not. Gonna we have them. This story. We don't sell them. No, go ahead. Tell me more. Well, you should sell them. Yeah. No, no, I can't do that. Yeah, dude. Come on. What's the church if not a multi-level marketing it, like opportunity? It's, it's a triangle. <laughs> <laughs> totally, 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 totally. <clears throat> that looks an awful lot like a pyramid scheme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I no, I, I brought that up because um, she her boast had been, "Well, I never get sick." Oh. And then she got sick. Yeah. And I'm not saying there was celebration. Yeah. Among, For sure. But there was celebration. Yeah, 100%. So 
Um, okay. Keep the talking, one thing she yeah. does, but hold on. Okay. Hold on, Darren. You're, this you're is staying on ointment. Well, the one thing she doesn't have in her arsenal is a tincture. Mm. And that's where I'm saying the garden tincture yeah. is going to like fill a hole in her heart. Um, and I don't even know what a tincture is. I just know it's some sort of thing that you take. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. I just want to throw out there one more idea too. Branded sweat towels. Oh, bro! Like we Let could me tell do you a, right now. We could do a Brandon towel. You threw it out. No, you threw it out yesterday. Like the anointing. I know. There, I had. I had there's a person. thing. Like we could do it. <laughs> I guarantee someone's like, "Can I have the towel? Oh. Can I have it?" You're like, "No, you can't have the towel." There, there was a woman who came up years ago and was like, "You know how I know you're anointed by the Spirit?" I was like, "Oh, how? Because you when you sweat." And I was like, mm, mm. I'm thinking maybe it's because I'm fat and I run hot. <laughs> like, I think that's what I said. Like, to have I'm you like, seen me at the gym? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, have you seen me walking upstairs? I mean, that's <laughs> anointing. Yeah, that's the, so I, I kind of, I, I was, I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical we're of so, what God told I know, we're so weird. Yes, anyway, tinctures. So, okay, back to I want to go back. No, just what you tell your younger self. You're talking about obscurity. You're talking about, you know, the, the system we're in, the church. Yeah. We talked about this a little bit. Like, there's a celebrated system. Mm. Or, or mm. I'll, oh, let's go back. First of all, we celebrate the people yeah. that we define as successful in the church. And they're the cultures, only ones right? that get to tell us what to do. The, yep. And, and we follow them because they've made it. Yeah. And they're gonna, and then they have the conferences, and then they teach us how to do it. Yes, right, right. Yes. We, this is what yes, we do, yes, yes. and then we can brand it. We can do all the things. There's a whole system around it, but, but not just the person. There's a system, yeah, that we're a part of, mm. that we're complicit in, right? So we are part of the problem. We celebrate. Like, I look at you know what happened with Carl Lentz and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hillsong, and I'm not judging anything, but I, I watched the the documentary mm. that that Hulu did. Uh, it was on Hulu or FX documentary, and when I watched it, I'm I'm, I'm I want to see you know obviously there's there's so much in there. Like I'm not gonna say he's he's a guy that's done, he did he shouldn't have done these things, but it also br- brought light to the system he was in, and that's all I wanted to like share is that mm. it showed that there was a system. He was doing seven services, mm. like. That's not humanity. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, doing five, doing three. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that do to a leader? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just talk about some of that stuff. Like, you've <laughs> experienced it. Like, yeah. what, what are you warning the next generation of leaders? Like, you were warning me yesterday at lunch. Like, talk to me. Oh, um, well, just all the, all the things I wish I would have done differently. I wish I would have understood the great power in being limited as a human being. And only, I just never knew how dehumanizing Christianity is in America Mm. and how ministry leadership is in the church. So it's dehumanizing in this sense. We're not taught to be bodied. We're taught that we're souls and souls that are just waiting for heaven. And and the only thing we're to do with our bodies is don't, right? So don't eat too much, don't drink too much, don't sex too much. Um, but there, we're not given any sort of embodied theology about what it means to be human in that regard. Um, uh, the second thing that I, you know, I feel like just super deficient on was mental health and the, the idea that, uh, part of our limitedness for some is like mental health issues, yeah. anxiety, depression. And I don't mean the seasonal aspects of it, which can be difficult yeah. or circumstantial aspects, but but I was clinically Clinical. diagnosed and medicine helped. Um, yeah. But I felt shame in that. Mm-hmm. You know, I had people who would say, you just, we need to pray for you. You need to pray more. You need to have more faith 
or whatever. So it's dehumanizing in that way. It doesn't honor the body. It doesn't honor right. mental health. It's dehumanizing in the sense that at least until sort of deconstruction exploded uh, as a common motif in culture, doubts, wonderings, worries, those weren't always welcome yeah. in religious environments. And then as a pastor, you're you're not allowed to ever get angry um, <laughs> unless you're using as a sermon illustration. But like right. like perish the thought someone catches you yelling at your kids, yeah, you know, in the middle of a market, and how horrifying totally. that would be. Yeah. Uh, so so the whole system is set up to reward pretending, mm. and 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 when you have a financial incentive to appear more holy than you are, bro, then you, you hide. Then you have dynamics yeah. that are of the pit of hell. Yeah. And you get the carnage we get, yeah. right, right now. Last night, I just found out about a big leader. I did too. It's horrible. It's horrible. And this, and this I'm one, texting my friends going, this is, this is the norm now. Yeah. Well, and, and, and from England, right? That, was, that, that was heartbreaking. That was heartbreaking. Yeah. And, and so literally, the number of people I've respected who have not fallen is smaller than the people who I thought were role yeah. models who have. Yeah. And, um, and I'm, and I'm, you know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm like you in the sense that I don't sit in judgment and go, how could anyone ever do something like that? I know how people can do things like that. Yeah. When you get ground totally. up and, and you get in touch with brokenness that your discipleship never gave you language for and never invited you to seek healing from. Yeah. Um, and you, then you get thrown into a system that rewards ego and you're like, and, and then you're financially compensated for being an egoist. It's just awful. So um, I hope my hope for younger leaders is that they have a much lower tolerance yeah. for those models and modes of yeah. leadership because wow. they've seen the emptiness and the futility of those. And they have to reject it. Yeah, I hope so. But but it's we were talking yesterday. Like there's this inertia and momentum like we've never had even as a local church it's not yeah. it's been like slow yeah steady yeah hard yeah and, you know and then we move to orange county and it's a lot of things coming all at once mm -hmm. and there's like a natural like well this is what you do you right. just add you know add more services add these things and it's all done in the name of mission yeah reaching more people and and i'm my body's feeling the decision for three services and to do it where like, all right, we're going to do all of them. Yeah. Like I'm right now processing like, wait, this isn't sustainable. Like I thought it could be, yeah but in how I want to lead as a father, yep as a husband, yep. it's not sustainable. Oh, and, so and now good. I'm thinking about, you know, my entire team that have families and I'm like, it, you know, it's not just the teaching because teaching. Yeah. No, I, I was talking to Faith last night. Worship leading, yeah, she's she's, she's up an hour almost yeah. every service. Every service, and she just had a baby. Totally. Like you, so you have you have so for me like the the leadership I think that we need in the next generation is to not do it out of this is the norm, but to totally. go how do we do it in the way of Jesus for sustainability? Yeah, which costs you know costs us something. Absolutely, it does. It costs us ego most of all. Yeah, because. You know, the minute the minute we look at something and say, "Hey, I'm content. This is enough. Yeah. Right? This is enough manna for yep. our church. Yeah. We don't need more. Yeah. And if we become if we become convinced that being faithful is more important than being effective, then and I think only then can we truly empower other people. Yes. To to rise or fall, and and, and there's good either way in that. Yes. So one of the things that Rock Harbor did. 
um, is we were working hard at raising up other teachers. Yeah. Um, we loved live teaching. Yeah. And, and that, of course, was a, a mixed bag, as it always was. Yeah. But I love what you said about, okay, so we have an extra service. And there's some really great people. Last night, there were people who were there to worship and yeah. learn yeah. and praise. And it was it was wonderful. And so, of course, they should be served and loved. Yeah. Um, but the arrogance that I would carry is no one can do it as good as I can. 100%. And that's where... I, I and that's so, where you burn out. That's where you get sick. That's where you build totally. ego. That's where you hide. And and more yep. importantly, and this is what I wanted to say, having now learned, lived the last three months teaching like every week, mm-hmm. you know, really busy season, mm-hmm. adding, hosting conferences, going traveling, you know, seminary. My personal reflection is I'm not recovering till Wednesday. Yeah. So my kids get yeah. a exhausted dad. Yep. My my wife gets a no margin in my mind for how do I pick up the yard and clean you know do the because she sees I'm like she has a list how do how do I do the honey do list in in, in like that's not like a play that's not a playful thing that's like a legit like how yeah. do I serve my wife yeah in her love language with attention and focus I and then it's Wednesday I'm recovering so then it's Thursday yeah. and then we're then we're back you know into the cycle of the energy out totally. Totally. And I w- that's what I found when we were doing five services. I would not feel human. We had a Saturday night service. So I would check out Saturday at noon and we had little kids mm. and that I wouldn't come back until Wednesday, like wow. emotionally. Yeah. And, and, and my wife up. and my wife, you know, we've been married 23 years, has so much bitterness for that season in our church and so much bitterness towards me. And, and cause she thought rightly that I was being selfish and self-centered and self-absorbed. Yeah. I thought I'm in survival mode. I'm just trying to get to the next week because this is what I get paid to do. And we're just now unpacking all of the hurt from that season for mm-hmm. her, you know, because I wasn't present. I mean, she she's a school teacher. And so she we her weekends were the only time we would do things fun. And you were gone for... And I'm gone and unavailable. I'd come home Saturday night. Um, go to bed, get up, do the thing Sunday morning, take all afternoon. I would, I would take a nap, go back and do two Monday. I wouldn't do anything. Tuesday. I wouldn't do anything. Wednesday, you know, could like semi-function. And here's the thing. I've never heard any leader talking about it. Really? Like this. Like, like I've not, I've never heard, I've never heard like, Hey, if you're in a season of growth, you need to think towards you not preaching all the services <laughs> before the only person that said this recently was Francis. I was mm. with Francis and he was like, don't, don't do what we did. And he said, the, also side note, he goes, leading a church today is way harder than it was when I was leading church. All I had to do is preach the Bible. Yep. You get a space, do four services, then yep. you get a bigger building. Yep. Do you get it to four services, get a bigger, but that was the, that was the playbook, right? Yep. That's what yep. he told me. Yep. He's like, don't do it that way. Yeah. And he's like, and then he said, um, what something that I think is interesting, what COVID produced mm-hmm. or like that season mm-hmm. is he's like, never has a pastor had to be an expert in race and uh, cultural gender, affairs, gender, sexuality, yeah. the, the old Testament needs the Bible, like in, in social media, like land and pot. He's like, yeah. I just had to preach. Now you have to be an expert in yeah. all the things. That's if so you want to be quote unquote relevant or meaningful in the, in the world. And it's, right. it's so true. We're crippled by, all the potential issues that we're going to preach on. Yeah. 
We're not like I get emails left and right. Are time. you going to talk about this cultural issue? Yeah. Are you going to talk about Israel right now and my view of the you know prophetic and how it's lining totally. up or whatever it is? Oh, like, I know that UFOs like this is legit. Like you know, yeah. F, F, whatever you know, government release these files. You got to talk about that. Yes. It's yes. Like, yes. Can I talk about Timothy? Like what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> what well, I'm I'm reminded like. Uh, I don't know. I I worked to this in. So we do a Q and A after each of our yeah. services. We tried it at the nine, um, and I love it, but it keeps us in our head. So yeah. I I need to rethink that a little bit. But, um, uh, shoot, man, I'm so tired. It's Monday, bro. I lost don't it again. You're, you're doing good. Um, dang it. I don't okay, know. I was talking about knowing everything as a pastor. Love I was it. talking about love it. Not being being a leader who's preparing for someone else to teach and not having to do yes. all the things. Yes, yes, that was all fantastic. It'll, it'll but, show okay. back up in about. Five this is minutes. all from reflection from our but, times. But I will say, um, had I, oh, I got it. So, so I don't know how this verse came up, but the the where where Paul says to Timothy, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to work with your hands, to mind your own business, and to. Uh, oh, what was the other thing? So that you will not be dependent on anybody else. Yeah. And that verse just got thrown in in an answer to a question. It was like a bomb went off in our little church. Like we spent the next 20 minutes. Is that what that really means? Is that what that really says? Like no one ever told me that there's no command in the Bible to do great things for God. There's not one freaking command in the Bible to do great things for God. Nowhere does it say you're, God has dreams for you and your job is to find those dreams. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. Yeah. Mind your own business. Yeah. Work with your hands so that you might not be dependent on mm. anybody. Now, he doesn't mean don't be dependent on the church. He, he's not talking about that. Mm. Um, but there's a sense in which I was told, man, that, that you've got to do great things. And, and I've just come to realize, no, God does great things for God. Mm. We're privileged if we get to be a part. Yeah. But but it's not up to us to do great things. Right. And, and who and who who gets to even I mean the arrogance to even describe what great things are. Right. You know, because we're always going to use American measurements of, of right. big and expensive and excellent. As fast as possible. Yeah. And I just want to throw up on all of it and say, damn it, and I'm sorry for cussing. Um, you said I could use Lang you, yeah, it's I appropriate language. Some I people are offended. Word. It's fine. You got it. Okay. We got BS and the D word is fine. Yeah. Yeah. BS for Bible study. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And D word for dominion. Dominion. And, and deliverance. And deliverance. Yeah. Yes. And demons. Um, I just think if I were a younger leader, I would want someone to call BS on the whole system. Yeah. And then help me dream up an alternative way of flip the tables. There's some tables that need to be flipped. Well, Jesus is, right? Wouldn't you say? A hundred percent. Like the, the line that haunts me is where Jesus says, everything's said and done in darkness will be brought into the light. Yes. And it feels like that's happening right now. That's a good point. Yeah, that is happening. And and we're we're surprised when it happens. Yeah. And I think I, now I'm just into... So for me, whenever I, I keep seeing articles, right? Like last mm -hmm. night, and I, I'm now going... I'm talking to Alex in bed, and she's like, okay, I don't know who that is, but this is horrible. And I'm like, how do we live mm. in a way mm. that does not perpetuate Come on. these types of events? Because you know, this is historic for the one that just came out. We don't know what it is, but there's a lot of accusations about one person. And and it's like decades of, 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 of abuse. And you're like, okay, 
we know it's not an event that happened. It's it's a forming. Mm. It's a process. And it's, we're back to formation. Yeah, yes. there we are. It's it's a formation in the system yeah. that empowers that kind of behavior. Yeah, it's the fault lines through a person's life of sin and brokenness. Yeah, combined with the system that rewards the worst of us. And over time, those fault lines explode into behaviors that are uncontrollable. So I've sh- I've said to leaders, your your unprocessed wounds are your greatest threat to ministry. That's great because I this is my I've lived that my unprocessed. We talked about this a little bit, like, but yeah. my my unprocessed wounds. So what my unprocessed wounds do, do is it causes me to live out of a false self. It causes me mm-hmm. to heal those wounds in my activity. Mm-hmm. And I don't just mean That's preaching. So good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. In, in decision-making, I mean, in a oh. setting where I'm feeling threatened in, oh. in conversations, I'm moralizing my point with That's the scripture so good. That's or so good. I'm diminishing someone's capacity to lead because I can do it better in my mind and not empowering them to flourish as let's say their 100% is what my 75% Mm -hmm. I'll trump them. Mm -hmm. And rather than going like somebody just told Alex and I, this, this, a leader that we love, they're like, we're talking about our leadership and, you know, the, the staff we have. And they're like, Hey, you can either have a really excellently cleaned home or you can raise up kids. You can't have both. <laughs> and he said, you can raise up kids that become fathers and mothers. And he's like, so if you want a neat and tidy home, yeah, you guys should do all of it. But if yeah. you want a house that has family, yeah. you got to let the mess go. And like, uh, you got to let their 60% be yeah. enough. And, yeah. and you got to honor that. And uh, that really hit us because like we keep raising the bar of excellence and, mm-hmm. and then it diminishes the, the leader behind us. Anyways. Exactly. No, that's so good. These are all things I'm learning. And I I mean, we were talking about, I'm hearing you talk about your wounds. I'm hearing you talk about limitations, embracing Mm -hmm. your body, the embodied Mm -hmm. self, you know, community as formation. Also that there is a system that needs to be flipped upside down and rejected in a new generation of leaders. And so I think the call for young leaders is to reject Mm -hmm. the ungodly ways and look after like, what does God say? And it's like purity of heart, Mm -hmm. slow down, uh, you know, all these things that we don't want to do. Totally. So yeah. Cause they don't get rewarded. You can't, you don't, you don't make ministry. Ministry. That's that's, funny. Ministry. That's our new podcast. That is that, that will sell. (laughs) You don't make money in ministry by going slow by, you know, cause every mega church I I've been at, the ones I've led and the ones I've been a part of, they always have one person on staff who's like the pastor, who is slow, yeah, wise, totally. But that, and, he, and he's almost pushed into a corner, always, right? And they yes. don't—it's like prophetic in some ways. We're like, we don't yeah, want—we yeah. don't want this guy. Yeah, yeah. not around—not around yeah. the decision making. No, time. no. <laughs> We're like, oh, come on, man! Do you have to care about people so much? I know exactly. That's how, and that's how I view them. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's just again. Uh, I read a a tweet from somebody who he was instructing his church like, hey, if your baby's crying, take them out of the room, pay attention, your pastor works hard on this, you know. Mm. And I'm vomiting inside of my Mm. mouth going, you know, last time I checked, the pastors are there to serve the church. Mm. The church isn't there to serve Mm. the pastor. Yeah. And and I think we'd all say yes to that statement, but it's super insidious how pastors demand that they get... Yeah served. You know what I mean? Like I'm important. I'm the most important. I remember, um, a pastor I worked at that just said, listen, he, he would have staff who would pick up his dry cleaning and, you Mm -hmm. know, take his car to the shop. 
And, and the justification was that the best use of my time for the church mm. is me focusing on the church, not mm. dropping my car off. Yeah. And it's like, but yeah, but the dropping your car off is kind of what makes you relatable Human. to the rest yeah. of the church. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so like, that's, that is the, 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 the sickness yeah. that was called normal yeah. in my world. And, um, and so as a type A achiever performer, I was like, Right. Yeah. Do it. So yeah, I would, um, it, it's, I, I feel very grateful to, to live a life of like repentance mm. still in the local church, teaching a church that has two services yeah, and no more. Mm. Um, like we're full and yeah. we're not adding, we're not adding. Yeah. Uh, we don't have a new vision. Yeah. Um, every year. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. We don't worry about momentum. It's just we want to be faithful. Yeah. You know, we want to we want to finish out whatever decades are left. Still married, still with yeah. our children still speaking to us. Yeah. Still loving each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think you've said you said something um that you kind of briefed over, but I think it's important to highlight. You said if our measure of I don't know if you said success, but our measure of success is based on faithfulness, not effectiveness. Yeah. That's kind of the new gu- yeah. guideline. Well, that's the biblical. <clears throat> that's the biblical one. Yeah. yeah. I was The other thing we talked about yesterday was like this idea of like joy, Bro. the barometer of joy, right? Like in ministry, success should be also measured by your embodiment and living out of joy. Yeah. And, not, <clears throat> and, and, and it's really important what we mean by, by joy. We don't mean... Happiness. We don't mean naive positivity. Yeah. Like I've been around pastors who are toxically positive. Like yeah. every bad thing, God's got a plan. Yeah. God's gonna come through. And it's like, you know, we can grieve. That's one of the other ways we get dehumanized in this. Um, but we're but you and I have um have people in our lives who are amazing, amazing mm. people, but there's almost a I don't know. It's dour, maybe is, yeah. is the right. I don't know. Taciturn. It's, and I'm not saying. I, I think there are, of course, personality differences. Yeah. But um, I, I do see, and I'm with you on this. Like, if I'm looking at a church saying, "Hey, is this church healthy?" Yeah. Joy is going to be one of the things I'm looking for. Yeah. You know, because Jesus, he does say, finding the kingdom. One of his pictures is of someone who finds a treasure hidden in a field and then with and then realizes it's so so worth it he sells everything else to buy the field so we can have the treasure and he does this with great joy. Yeah. And that was never my experience of the Jesus life. The Jesus life was always work, it was hard, it was guilt, it was shame, yeah. it was fear, it was anxiety. It was exhausting, it was never joyful. Well, I, I that was my experience as well and I think there's this l- misinterpretation of death to self. Oh, now here we go. So let's, yeah, go. I, I just want to bring you and I'll, I'll lob this to you, but like, no, no. it was like, all right. So symbolically I used to surf all the time. Rock Harbor. I lived, you know, in Newport surfed all the time is my life giving hobby. Oh. Then I felt called to plant a church. I moved to the city. Mm. Surfing was, you know, from 10 minutes away. Now it's like 30 minutes to good surf, maybe mm. 40. Mm. The process to get there takes a lot more, but that, in that season, it was a very much like, no, I gotta, I gotta die to this. Yeah. Because I, there's in, in the busyness, the hurry, the work, everything kind of took over. And my definition of death to self was like, you lose everything, mm-hmm. including mm-hmm. hobbies and 
things that you enjoy and bring life to you. Yeah, because you got to sacrifice it for the sake of mission. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Well, and sometimes that's true. I mean, if my love for video games yes. is getting in the way of like, like responsibilities, right? I, I love playing. Yeah. That's yeah. like literally that is an incredibly important way uh, of living for me yeah. is that I have to turn my brain off. Yeah. I don't want to be tempted to look at things I shouldn't. Yeah. I hop on and I play Destiny 2 and it's fantastic about, you know, an hour, hour and a half a day. So, I don't even know what that is. That's, that's awesome. A, that's a game. Yeah, great. But um, so so there is some truth to that, right? In some in yeah, some occasions, hobby, yeah. But yes, the the death to self. I mean, and Willard does so much great work. It's not death of self, and that's the big yeah. thing. Like I, so my therapists. <laughs> I'm in this. I've been in therapy for a, a long time, um, and I've experienced different modes of therapy. This particular therapist, he's always asking, okay, so what do you want? What do you want? Mm. And he's always trying to get you back in touch with desire. Mm. Because for me... You lost it. I lost it yep. because I know what I should do. Uh, that, I never know what I want to do. Dude. So, so right? That's death That's yeah, no. death to self, not death of self. And mm. uh, and so he's trying to always get me back in touch. Well, what, what, do you, what do you want? And I'm like, well, I don't know because I have three voices. I have like mm. the devil on my shoulder, the angel on my shoulder, and then, you know, my mom or something, yeah. you know? And, and all of those are should voices. Yes. None of those are like, yeah. huh, I, what, what would I like? I don't know. So um, I'm with you, mm. man. I'm really with you on that. And um, trying to unravel a bit of how, how can I live in ways that are life-giving and healthy without without justifying, you yeah. know, the ignoring of mission. Because yes. I don't want to do that 100%. either. Yeah. I want to be an integrated person. Yeah, integrated self. And and that's for me, it's like, man, the last thing, like I think about what I did in those seasons, it led to burnout. It led, mm. led to crazy anxiety, depression, right? physical sickness. Like oh, it led towards... I'm so sorry, ma'am. Uh, it led to like a breakdown yeah. that I had to get, I got, you know, I had to get treated... And the doctors were like, you know, you probably have colon cancer. And it wasn't colon cancer. It was stress. Oh, and, man. But I think that's what I'm like. That's So that's discipleship. That's like mm -hmm. lack of character. Like I, one of the other things that I tell leaders, you tell me what you think. And you could say, no, this isn't true. Burnout. <laughs> burnout isn't a capacity issue. It's a character issue. Oh, I don't know. Do you agree? I, or disagree. Tell me. Let's process it. Okay. Well, it's a, not a capacity issue. Or, yes. I, yeah. So it's a character issue in the sense that my activity is coming from a place of unhealth. Yeah. And there's some sort of there's some sort of like cavern or brokenness or something in my soul. Yeah, causing me to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Or or if that's even, what that means. And absolutely. I'd or agree. I would say even like a, a knowledge a knowledge of what is true. For 39, you know stuff, bro. Bro. I wish let me just say this. <laughs> let me just say this. It's suffering. Had I known <laughs> at 39 how much with how much you know, I would I would not be in this chair. Bro. Stop. Be, no. I'd be I'd be well, Running the Southern Baptist Convention or something. No. <laughs> no. That's oh. not where I want to end up. I uh no, I know. Amen. I think I think 
for me, because it's coming out of wounds, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I was so young and I had, I, everyone became a father figure because I was trying to find a father. How could you To know? like yes. in the ministry. And yes. so like your everything was insecurity. So I, every sermon wasn't about how do I be a life-giving preacher mm-hmm. to these, how do I be a gift that can be rejected or received? Mm-hmm. It was how do I prove myself that I'm smart enough? Because I left uh, Mike Erie's church. Oh Lord. Bro, my first season was like, how do I convince people that I can, I can be smart enough to, to preach. I mean, we're talking 12 people. So yeah. like I'll yeah. go to staff meetings at Rock Harbor. Yeah. I was there, I was there four days a week and I would yeah. commute yeah. to start when I started the church. It was, you know, I was commuting <sighs> and I started in, and, and our church service was like 12 staff meetings were a hundred and something. <laughs> like oh, I just remember totally. being like, but that was, so that was my journey. So that was just uh, you know, this massive eclipse of not enough. I just wish, I just wish no, I would no, have been no, awake no. enough to, to see you drowning Bro. in that. Because I would have drowned in that too. That's, yeah. so, that's so hard. And that's what we mean. Whose wounds are you trying to heal? Mm. Right? So I'm not preaching. And you are. Of course, there's no, nobility in yeah. it. But there's also a lot of like, I... I can be up here. I deserve to have a church plan or whatever it is. Yeah, so much. Oof, man, that's so rough, Darren. And you're right. Suffering does hollow us out and give us wisdom far beyond, you know, our years. It's like suffering years are like dog years. Like yeah. They multiply. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? That's what we call church planning years too. In the church oh. world, all the lead pastors get together and we're like, how old are you in church planning years? <laughs> you're 55. Oh, but oh, but I, I, okay, Mike, I, I really do, like, you, you're hard on yourself, and I've, I've seen it. I just want you to know, like, yesterday was so amazing for so many leaders in our church for lots of reasons. One, you were part of, like, the birth of our church was coming out of this season that you can look back and go, there was this divine thing God was doing, mm-hmm. right? I in agree. Southern California. Yeah. Through, the, through Rock Harbor, mm-hmm. through what God was doing through you, through Todd, all the leaders at Rock Harbor— that birthed so many people in community into great things. Like mm. clearly there was pain and there's things that you wish, mm. but like the garden is the fruit of a season of rock harbor going, we're going to give our best away. Mm-hmm. And you guys had the audacity to hire people to send out, which I was part of that. Mm-hmm. You were teaching things that were causing a lot of our leaders that are still here 15 years later. That's ridiculous. Like 15 years. That's amazing. Yeah. They're still here. They were volunteers at Rock Harbor, our volunteers mm. and leaders in our church. Mm. And there were defining moments. Like I know so many of my friends, including my wife and I, that were at the Sex, Love, and God series that you did, <laughs> at the doing the hoopah, like going to the cross, you know. And oh, man. As, as silly as it is. It's not silly. God divinely met with so many people and changed their lives. And that, bro. And that is why we can sit with joy. Because even in your suffering, yeah. the same story is true. See, for me, some of those years were miserable. Yeah. I was depressed, anxious. I started yeah. on medication. I gained a bunch of weight. We had a special needs kid on the autistic spectrum. We had a special needs kid who had Down syndrome. We were a mess. And yet, you know, this was all that was going on. And a, a buddy of mine named Dave Gibbons, he um, pastored a church called New Song in Santa Ana, he said something once years ago that I will never forget. He said, don't trust anybody unless you can see them limping mm. as if they've wrestled with God, you know, yeah. like Jacob and the angel. Yeah. So good. And, and that's the thing. If I'm talking to young leaders, what you should look for 
in leaders to invest in and follow are people who have suffered greatly yeah. at both success and failure. Yeah. And um and and that they're willing to walk with a limp and they do that without shame. Mm. You know what I mean? That's so good. And so so the the spiritual fathers who were all were people who were fully human. Mm. They were never superheroes. Yeah. Our friend Don Williams. Yeah. He never was anything other than Don Williams. Yeah. You know, and in all of his quirkiness and fun. And I just, I don't know. I, I'm so tired of pretending. I'm so tired of performing. Mm. I'm so tired of trying to be impressive. Um, make it your ambition to live a quiet life. So good. To work with your hands. And computer work and video games, that's working with my hands. Yeah. And uh, mind your own business. There's something. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That'll yeah. preach. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. I, I feel th like what suffering does is it hollows us out for joy. Mm. So all when we, when we, you were there when we found out we were having Seth yeah. and Seth yeah. had Down syndrome and we found out three months before he was born. And, and, you know, there were like loads of godly people saying, yeah, this is going to be great. And we were not that way. Yeah. We were saying cuss words. And yeah. We were so bummed, and that was not the dream we had for our family. But that carved out space for who Seth has become to yeah. us, which is gift. Yeah. And and the highs with him are so much higher. Yeah. Because of the what the suffering mm -hmm. did, you know, to hollow yeah. us out and make room for that. And so, um, I think there's something, you know, the surfing, the your surfing bit is such a great way or um, symptom or a pointer to the way sort of we think we have to like become less human to follow Jesus. You yeah. Know what I mean, yeah. So I don't know. I just think there's something here and spiritual disciplines play a big part. We don't, I, I'm with you, man, Willard yeah. and Foster and John Mark and Ortberg. I mean, all of those guys have cast a vision that has been really important to me. Yeah, for sure. I'm just recognizing, even in that vision, there, if unless that vision gets played out, unless my private my private discipline is manifesting in the spiritual disciplines in the community, they're yeah. irrelevant. They're like the they're like the noisy gong. Yeah, you know, they're the yeah. They're just I can have all knowledge, and who cares? Thank you. So, thank you. No, I I really feel like when this time has been uh, helpful for me because one, it's a, connecting my, my past in a unique way. Cause mm. you know, cause we've been, I've been with you for 20 years, following you friends for 20. Um, but there's something about what I'm experiencing right now. And I, I always tell people like I was baptized in the spiritual formation movement before mm -hmm. the spirit. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Because it was, it was like 19 totally, totally. Dallas Foster yes. church fathers. And 90s, then I had, yes. you know, an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Then yeah. that changed. And I've seen how we, we're doing a lot of things. We're doing disciplines without the spirit. Right, right. And trusting God's, which you talked about that. And we're doing it without community. And so many moments in my life that had radical change were the result of people mm. walking with me, speaking, mm. highlighting. Like I was, I was with somebody who said, mm. like, why did you give up surfing? And mm. I'm telling them this. And, and he says to me, it's the person I'm thinking it is. Yeah. Yes. It, it sounds like you're so following good. the wrong Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and it, he was like, 
I want to, I don't want to offend you. He goes, he goes, it sounds like you're worshiping the wrong God. Wow. And it was this beginning wow. of reconstructing my faith around the Father's love. Come on. Around the Jesus who was relaxed and playful, and oh. who like knew how to have boundaries and knew that he couldn't do everything. Yeah. Like, and, and that ha- probably had so much fun. Like when the Hebrews writer says you were anointed with the oil of joy, like about the Messiah, Jesus, it's not just a reference to the Old Testament. I think it's re- literally referring to the, how Jesus countenance on earth would have been the life of the party, the life oh. that people wanted to hang out with him, leaders oh. that were religious and the worst kind of sinner. You don't get there because you were dull or, <laughs> or that you don't get there because you read a lot of the Bible or like could regurgitate spiritual disciplines as the way forward. It's that you embody life. Come on. And Nobody I, digs a hole through a roof. Yes. Unless you're a joyful person. I I agree. And I think if there's anything like I'm getting out of this, I'm getting out so much, but like I walked away last night journaling for after our lunch. What are my limitations and weaknesses? Where Mm. do I want Mm. God to show up in power rather than expressing it? Because that's where he shows up. That's where he shows up. Yeah. Where am I not fully vulnerable in my community of covenant? Because I have covenant friends, but like Mm. I'm regularly practicing the art, the art, it is an art, the art of confession. Yeah. But I'm like, what else needs to be exposed? Like, what are the things that I need to embrace in the season so that a year from now it's not burnout again? It's. You know, life. So, hey, but here's here's what I hope you appreciate, Darren. You have framed me this whole weekend as a mentor and as someone you've looked up to. I don't look at myself that way. I'm learning from you, and I'm learning from your church. Hmm. I feel very much like a student, and um, because the the things that that we did, and it's the playbook that Francis identified. Now that we've seen the hollowness of those things and the, and the bad fruit, you know, from some of those things, um, it's left to people like you to um, reimagine, you know, to take bits of the old wineskin. Mm. And, um, and so, you know, I, I just want to say in, in case I haven't said it clearly enough, bro, I, I am, I, this is a mutual learning mm. thing here. Like I do not, I, I don't. You're pouring into me mm. by just simply being who you are and allowing me to experience your community because I've never been around. And this is one of the things I regret. I regret jumping churches so much because yeah. I was doing that out of ego and I, I need to lead. I need to be senior pastor and, you know, da, 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 da. And that you've been here and have leaders with you, mm. bro. That is, that is, I know it's common, but it's, it's uncommon in my circles. Mm to have yeah. that kind of faithfulness. Mm. And so I'm just totally inspired by that. I just think, man, I was telling my wife, it's like that, the power of just, you know, stability mm-hmm. and presence, even even in the midst of suffering. Mm. Good Lord, Darren. Mm. So you're a gift, and oh, I experience man. you as a gift and receive you as a gift. And this community, oh my goodness, if you're if you're part of the garden and listening to this, um, and I, I hope this doesn't come across weird, weird, but I just want to let you know, you are part of something that's remarkable. And I'm not saying that cause I'm a fan of Darren, although I am, I'm saying that because there are certain ways out of a great deal of pain. I've learned to like, look at churches mm. and longevity, one of those, um, joy, one of those hospitality, good Lord, 
Um, and then like therapists who come to the church. <laughs> so I met a couple yesterday <laughs> and I was yeah. like, cause I mean, a I, lot I, of them. Yes. Yeah. If therapists yeah. come to your church, yeah. <laughs> that's a great sign and they're not fishing for business. No, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like if, if they're just picking up carnage that you're yeah. leaving, that's a problem. But if yeah. they're there and they're able to genuinely enter into your community, yeah. bro, such a great sign. Mm. So all that is to say, my friend, appreciate the love fest, but it is more mutual, I think, than than you realize. I, I've I've learned a lot from you, so uh, well, thank you. I appreciate that, Mike. Thank you for taking Monday. I know you're tired. Being bro, with us, bro, you're tired. Um, thank you for serving our church, and we. I guess we'll plan your next visit out. Deal. Don't tempt me, bro. Yeah, let's go. Don't tempt me. Let's go. So, all right, all right, thank you. How do you want to close it? Let's close it um, simply this way. And I, it's a bit of a confession, but it's also one of the laws of thermodynamics. Okay, let's go. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I learned this very early. The more you run over a dead cat, the flatter it gets. Okay? And all things being equal. And, and I can say this from experience. Fat people use more soap. So I feel like those though, that wisdom doesn't get a lot of press. And I don't know. I just want to throw that out there for young leaders. I, I love it. And I'm going to end with one thought on word of knowledge and the oh. word of wisdom. Oh. Do you know the difference? No. Okay, so word of knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Well, right? I didn't a, know that. A word of wisdom is knowing that you don't put a tomato in a fruit salad. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, the Gardener's Podcast. Gardener's Let's go! Yeah. <laughs>